um like storytelling which is like there's a there's a romance arc they obviously get together in the end like eh, it's a little bit boring and and pat but like yeah I do think that this is like it is at least trying something and like the character isn't like oh you have to learn to believe in yourself it's like hey you're too hard on yourself and others and maybe you need to chill a little bit and like you know that's certainly a lesson I think the hosts of this podcast could internalize a little bit more as time goes on anyway uh (laughs) moving on Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a double yoker. And this week, we fly the coop with the 2000 DreamWorks claymation film, Chicken Run. Before we discuss the only recommendable Mel Gibson film, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, setting up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. What's your history with Chicken Run? So when I came to the United States of America in October of 2001, a month after the towers fell, um, I had two movies in my repertoire. Uh, All of my VHSs were still in Russia, so I had to start over, start clean, a new beginning, the American dream. Uh, The two VHSs I owned were Chicken Run and the stop motion Rudolph. And uh, of those two, the only one that survived was Chicken Run because I recorded... Uh, episodes of Inuyasha that I wasn't allowed to stay up late to watch over stop motion Rudolph, making it a very tonally confusing. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That rules. Uh, So I have Chicken Run basically memorized. Yeah, no, um, that's a very good story. And I, (laughs) that really speaks to the ingenuity of young Layla to be like, I know how I can trick my mom into letting me watch anime. It's by stealth recording the, the VCR. For you who don't remember this area of media, you could record shit over into tapes. Uh, if, if you knew how to do it, you could record big old plastic tapes um, to, to take anything that was on the television. Uh, and you could record over shit. So that's really funny that you <laughs> destroyed Christmas to preserve anime. I was uh, a Christmas hater even then. That's really good. Um, yeah, I guess I, I also owned this on VHS. Um, and that's... You know, I watched it a ton, you know, probably around the same time that you did. Um, but yeah, I, I have had fond memories of it. I, I viscerally remember the the scene where um, the first chicken gets killed. Oh, yeah. um, and I was like, wow, that, you know, this movie, I think, largely holds up. I really had a good time watching it. Um, you know, I, I think because it was, you know, so for kids and, and so much like uh aimed to appeal for like everyone i think it was like a pretty good movie um yeah i mean except for the fact that mel gibson's in it i think it was great (laughs) yeah i think it holds the fuck up um and i also think it says a lot about me so like my brother my little brother his movie that he played a a lot on repeat was cars um Mm. he had a cars bed he was a cars kid my two movies uh, so pre-emigration and then post-emigration i had two different movies pre-emigration the movie I played on repeat, another movie we've covered on, covered on this podcast, was The Secret of Nim. Uh, and post-emigration, it was Chicken Run. So I just feel like that says a lot about my psyche um, and the things I am now that 
my um my two flicks and still are i think they both hold up yeah no they're they're very good um this was actually the first um like stop motion like claymation thing uh dreamworks did um i'm looking through their their movies and like they had ants was their first one uh in 98 ants was uh 3d it's cgi yeah but it's not like claymation um Wait, are you counting the things that are or are not claymation? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying this is the first claymation one. Oh yes, yeah. and it's also, but it's not a. So DreamWorks distributed this. This is not a DreamWorks movie. This oh. is an this is an Ardman movie. Hmm, that makes more sense to me. I was like, why did DreamWorks do this? Because I'm I'm looking at the the films they had before this: Ants, Prince of Egypt, El Dorado. Um, and then Chicken Run, which is a very, it's definitely out there, right? Um, all the, yeah, you're right. Yeah, DreamWorks Pictures did all these, but you're right. This is a Pathé Ardman Animations joint. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if they ever collaborated with, with them. Oh, I guess they did Wallace and Gromit afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's just like, you know, we talk about this all the time. It makes me a little bit nostalgic for the days in which media companies were willing to try shit. Um, it's, yeah. you know... Well, we just both saw that tweet by Craig McCracken in which he pitched 16 originals to Netflix and is forced back into the Powerpuff Girls corner, so. Yep, and now, this November, Netflix will be putting out a sequel to Chicken Run, so it's like, damn, how the mighty have fallen in the midst of battle. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, Um, I think, uh, Gorsh, is it me on the summary or is it you? Oh, God, we did, the last one that the audience has heard was gundam Gundam. and i feel like you did gundam um but how about i narrate chicken run and then you jump in because you have a sharper memory of it uh with any of the details that are fun and interesting oh i also did just watch it on friday but sure take it away yeah um so this movie set in 1950s roughly uh yorkshire england um and basically you know, there's a group of sentient chickens that, um, all right. The, f- <laughs> the first thing like, I know choice wording you have here in the summary. <laughs> okay. The first thing I noticed about this chicken farm is that it looks like a concentration camp. Um, and like, I, I think that's like, I think it's probably more closely like prison, but like they talk about world war two, like one of the chickens canonically served in the Royal air force. So like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it is truly like, you know, th- this is a concentration camp. Like, I don't think that's what they're trying to go for. But I, they are trying to go for, like, this is a bad place for chickens to be. You know, it, it's it's definitely a prison. Uh, it's definitely supposed to be some sort of prison. Um, and that was the, the only thing that I was like, mm, I don't know that I would have gone so exactly close to that. I would have maybe made it a little bit lighter. But sure. Anyway, it is, it is a labor camp. Um, it is explicitly a labor camp. Yeah, this is like a deeply British, uh, they, they don't pull a lot of punches. Which like, I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of have to respect that. Like, I personally wouldn't have made that direct comparison in a kid's movie. Uh, I think that's a little much, but I do kind of have to give them up for committing to the bit. Um, and yeah, like that's, that's kind of the whole situation. There's a group of chickens that are sentient. Uh, that's not, it's, it's not like a situation where the humans and chickens speak a different language sort of deal and like nobody can can understand each other like the chickens are just fully people uh in this one they can use tools which they do a lot um anyway they are imprisoned in this camp they are forced to lay eggs for mr and mrs tweedy the farmers um and the main chicken is ginger right she's our you know nonsense uh you know pretty standard i would say british 
protagonist who who is like i'm gonna get the job done uh for queen country or whatever it is they do over there um and basically she is constantly like she's the brains of their operation trying to help them escape um and like we see you know in the first shot of the movie and like the first 10 minutes we see a bunch of different plans going through you know she's like digging under to the tunnels she's um you know trying to make various uh gosh what was one of the other ones like they she like tries to disguise them under the chicken like feeder uh like trough which is very silly Uh, but she has a bunch of weird plans um, that are always getting fucked up because, unfortunately, the rest of her friends are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> um, and I, they actually address this in the film. They talk about how like, there's just, like, too many of them to, like, easily get out all at once. Um, Ginger could probably escape if she wanted to, and she just doesn't because she wants to make everybody sure everybody gets out. Um, but they, they're never able to escape. You know, the, the, the farmer, Mr. Tweedy, and his dogs are always there to catch them. And... <laughs> another like weirdly fucked up thing about this is that when he catches ginger he always imprisons her in a dumpster uh where she's like scratched the number of attempts or like days she's been in the dumpster it's it's not specifically clear but like it's very she calls it solitary confinement like this man is like treating this like a prison and he's trying to imprison the chickens like you would a human person um which is it's quite a choice i will say yeah, it's a lot. Uh, this this opening sequence is pretty fucking incredible because you go from solitary confinement to, and you kind of brush over this in the notes, but I do think we should address, they take roll call of the chickens and they count how many eggs they all laid at the end of all these attempts, and mm-hmm. Edwina did not lay any eggs. She didn't tell anyone she didn't lay any eggs. Right. And so Edwina gets taken to the fucking chop. That's what they call it. Edwina gets her fucking head cut off. And it cuts from Ginger watching Edwina. Now, they don't show, like, the actual, like, blood or anything, but, like, right. the axe comes down. Um, or you see the shadow of the axe come down. You you cut from the chop to Edwina being roasted and plucked on the Tweety's dinner table. Yeah, like, you see her skeleton. Like- yeah. Um, and I think another interesting bit about that is, like, Ginger, like, goes up to the top of one of the barracks to, like, watch her friend get executed, and, like, they all, all the chickens, like, stop and they hear the sound of the axe hit the stump, like, they all just kind of stop and acknowledge it, and, like, and, like, there's a bit where Ginger, like, has a full breakdown and is just, like, crying because she, you know, she, like, she did watch her friend die. And I think there's, like, something interesting and weird about, like, them making the choice that's, like, Ginger takes all of this very personally. Like, she is, she watches the execution of her friends, like, even though she doesn't have to, she, like, wants to commit it to her memory in a way that, like, is is a lot. It's reading into this a lot, but I think it's true. Like, I, th- I don't think you make that choice unless you really want to in- embed into your audience's mind that this is a person who is, like, willing to, you know, cares deeply about their colleagues and, and, you know, wants to watch their final moments with dignity. No, but that's what I love so much about this movie because, like, it's such an atypical character arc and it's such an atypical story structure for, for a kid's movie. And I genuinely, like, I just don't have faith that, like, Netflix is going to carry that legacy for the sequel. I think we're going to see a pretty classic three-act, like, kids film out of Chicken Run 2. Am I still going to watch it? You fucking bet, because I love Chicken <laughs> Run. But, like, I... The the character arc of Ginger and Rocky, part of that is Ginger learning that being this, like, self-flagellating, hard truth, only reality kind of leader doesn't work. And the other half of that is 
Is Rocky learning that only telling people what they want to hear and never doing anything scary or difficult ever in his life is also not the way to go. And they meet in the middle, which is a very weird and nuanced and atypical character arc for two protagonists from children's movies to go through. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting exercise in storytelling. I think this still does like pretty standard chicken or not chicken, uh, children's uh, film um like storytelling which is like there's a there's a romance arc they obviously get together in the end like eh, it's a little bit boring and and pat but like eh, i do think that this is like it is at least trying something and like the character isn't like oh you have to learn to believe in yourself it's like hey you're too hard on yourself and others and maybe you need to chill a little bit and like you know that's certainly a lesson i think the hosts of this podcast could internalize a little bit more as time goes on anyway uh (laughs) moving on um so yeah basically um as she is like you know mourning her friend um she basically like prays to heaven for a miracle uh and then we hear an explosion and then we hear uh, a man flying above and it's uh it's rocky roads uh and he's like flying you know and she's like waving at her and then he hits the um like uh weather vane and like gets flung into the camp and breaks his arm uh and he's just like ah shit ah what happened um and she's like whoa you were flying you got to teach us how to fly uh and it's and it's very funny they make this choice which is like this rooster you know rocky roads he's american like (laughs) he's just straight up an american dude um and like that's very funny there's um there's a british like air force officer that keeps calling him a yank which is hysterical um but like um you know basically they come to this agreement right like uh ginger's like all right you know we're gonna shelter you because you are clearly from the circus right the circus is coming to look for you we'll hide you but in exchange you gotta teach us how to fly okay and he's like uh yeah i can teach you how to fly definitely because like he has this poster and it's got a picture of him flying you know he's the amazing flying chicken or whatever um and that's that's kind of the the main meat of the story they they have to learn how to fly um and uh rocky begins to like be their consultant and and kind of educate the chickens on how to um how to how to fly and escape their their prison and um how would you describe the reaction of the chickens to meeting rocky these are the horniest chickens i've ever seen in my life these there's chickens a, want to fuck Rocky Roads so bad it makes them look stupid. It's there's a bit where like he's like, all right, well, we're we're what bunk am I sleeping in? And every single one of them is like, <laughs> me, 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 mine. You can share my bunk. Uh, it's so good. So there's three like okay. So if we want to talk about the chickens, there's three like main kind of side character chickens. There's Babs. Babs is fat and she's always knitting. Those are her two character traits. She's very stupid. When Ginger goes to solitary confinement, she goes, oh, oh, you're back. You're back from holiday. Babs goes, and Ginger goes, Babs, I wasn't on holiday. I was in solitary confinement. And it's like that all the time. Uh, and then there's Bunty, who's kind of big and and butch and and uh, kind of mean. You she's, know what? Butch is right. That is the butchest chicken I've ever seen in my she's, life. She's a butch little hen. And she has this weird kind of borderline sexual tension thing going on with Fowler that I'm very curious about. Yeah, definitely. Like there is a weird energy between those two. <laughs> Um, that I can't quite put my finger on. And then there's Mac, who is deeply Scottish and my angel, and every line delivery made by Mac is the best line delivery in all of cinema. 
Um, and uh, so those are the, the, the three chickens that aren't ginger. And then there's Fowler, who's the rooster that was in the Royal Air Force. And he's very, he's kind of old and he's kind of crotchety. And he's always talking about his old days flying in the crate. Um, and um, <laughs> I, I love uh, Fowler because like, I, I, the first thing I noticed is like, why is this, this chicken really did serve in the Royal Air Force, huh? <laughs> and like, that beca- that's a plot point. That's like the main, that's the end of the movie. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to use my experience fighting the Nazis to help us get out of here. And I was like, this is a wild movie. <laughs> it's so good though. I love Fowler. Uh, he wears a little scarf and he wears a little medal and I love him so much. And again, him and Bunty have like a weird thing going on. And I, I can't tell what's happening there, but I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's very funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, so yeah, basically they do a bunch of like training exercises. Um, Rocky is like you know making them do push-ups. He's making them do calisthenics. He's um, you know having them jump off of like the tops of roofs and shit. None of it's working. Um, and you know this begins the the argument that he has with Ginger because Ginger's like you know you're not actually helping us. You're clearly taking advantage of all my horny friends because like there's one bit where he's like kind of halfway giving them instructions, but then he's just like getting a massage and he's like, oh yeah, if you could just like go faster, like turn in circles really fast. Oh, that would be great. And then like you know obviously all the chickens are doing that as their instructions, but then the joke is that he's giving instruction to somebody massaging him, and then Ginger's like, hey, what the fuck, dude? Come on, get out of the bubble bath. Yeah, and the massage and the bubble bath, by the way, is a button mashing mini game in the PS1 tie-in that I used to play all the time before I ever saw the movie. I had the PS1 tie-in in Moscow, and I played it multiple times before I ever saw the movie in the States. It, that's interesting. I wonder how that informed your read of the film when you saw it for the first time. Well, I couldn't speak English, and the game was entirely in English. Um so you, it was it's interesting it gets real piecemeal you have a lot of figuring out to do mm-hmm. you're like man this movie has a lot fewer bubble baths than i thought they were gonna be <laughs> that's what i say about most movies yeah it's a shame um but yeah eventually right we, we see that the the farmers are not thrilled right mrs tweety has a big chart that says egg production and it's got a big red arrow that's going down and she's like i can't believe this you know my fucking useless husband uh thinks that the chickens are organizing a union against me um and i am sick of being poor uh you know what i'm gonna do you know i'm tired of what is the line that ex- she says exactly about minuscule profits oh it's just and i'm tired of making minuscule profits yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, and she sees this advertisement for a machine, which she orders, and it's uh, a pie-making machine, but, like, it's also a torture device, which is hysterical. Uh, <laughs> uh, what kind of pies, Aaron? Uh, it's apple, right? No, it's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Her husband's adult, and he asks that, and she has this, like, completely <laughs> deadpan delivery. And he's like, oh, yeah, apple's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, so Mr. good. Mr. Tweety is a king. He's so dumb. Oh, my whole family was egg farmers. My father was an egg farmer. My grandfather was an egg farmer. His father was an egg farmer. <laughs> Mrs. Tweety is just ready to kill him. And, like, he is the most gaslit um, <laughs> man in the world because he's seen the chickens using tools. Like, they are fully, like, creating, like, digging with tunnels and spoons and, like, lighting lamps. Um, and he's just, like... His, his wife's just like, it's all in your head. And he's like, yeah, I guess this is all in my head. This, these chickens have fully built an airplane, and I guess I'm just making that up. <laughs> well, before they build an airplane, he builds the fucking pie machine. Um, 
And this is where I argue that this is this movie does not have a three-act structure. It has a five-act structure. And the first appearance of the pie machine is act three. I think that's right. I don't know anything about act structures that are not three-act because I'm a bad writer. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I think it is definitely, like, structured in a different way. And, like, the it is it escalates. I really like how the, the pie machine escalates. And, like, this movie continues to build tension. Like, it immediately sets – you have this in your notes. It immediately sets the stakes by killing Edwina and being like, this is the existential threat all these chickens are facing. Not only th- – this is why, you know, Ginger tries so hard to get out is that she's watched her friends get literally murdered and eaten and then like they make it they escalate that tension by being like not not only is is the problem that your friends are going to be killed you're all going to be killed on mass now uh by this you know technological nightmare um and like it continues to escalate this tension in a really interesting and and like impressive way for a kid's movie like i cannot believe the writers of this like cared enough to actually put some thought into the ways this story continues to build and build right and uh the best part about it is so they get the fucking pie machine running and what does Mr. Tweety do, the vindictive son of a bitch? Because Mrs. Tweety's like, go get me a chicken. Just one chicken, just to test it out. Who does he go for? He's <laughs> like, I'm going to find that chicken I've been putting in solitary confinement for years and I'm going to turn her into a pie. Um, and he, yeah, he takes Ginger uh, and then everybody's like, well, hey, Rocky, you can fly now. Go go do something. Go save her. And he's like, yeah, but that's just what they'd think think i would do instead i'm gonna zip line over there for some reason uh, it's it's fine uh he infiltrates the machine and they have this like very fun like uh the, the thing it reminds me most of actually is the uh droid factory sequence in star wars attack of the clones where <laughs> they're just like dodging all these big stupid machines that are coming down like there's a machine that's just like a big um like gravy squirter they have to like jam up um, to make sure that the pressure builds but also like there's just like a big um you know like the the oven <laughs> is just like a big like circle of flames um they are constantly getting like mashed and crunched into these pies i have professional animation colleagues this is me putting out a fucking carrion call to you all uh friends lovers from animation colleagues co-workers if you know where the pre- the gravy pressure gauge prop is from the movie Chicken Run, parentheses, 2000. If you have a contact at Ardman that can get me the gravy pressure gauge from that movie, it would make me the happiest man alive. I think that is the funniest prop to feature in multiple close-ups. The gravy pressure gauge is a plot point. <laughs> yeah, no, like it, it fully it like resolves the film at the end. Like it's... It's really good. It's very funny that he just, like, gets a a carrot and shoves it in there, and that sabotages the machine and buys them some time to train. Uh, Really funny. There's a bit in there, well, like, firstly, (laughs) there, you know, him and Ginger um, are, like, you know, getting, putting these pies, but, like, surviving somehow. Um, They get to the, the final bit where they're, like, stuck in a pie. And the first thing he says is like, oh, man, it's like an oven in here. And then all the flames <laughs> turn on. It's like, all right, yeah, that's pretty good. And, like, they're trying to escape. The door is closed. There's, like, a door that's very slowly closing. Uh, they have to, like, escape the oven room. And, like, 
but Rocky, you know, gets knocked on the head or something and he's dizzy and he literally falls into every single pie and there's like a Rocky shaped outline into like 30 of the different pies. It's really stupid and funny, but like, I just, there's so many bits in this that I'm like really, really impressed by. Like I, you know, this isn't to say that any other kind of animation is not impressive and, and takes hard work, but I really like the idea of like this claymation because it looks, it looks like it took so much time to do. Yeah, oh my god. I, I'm always, like, stunned by the, the gravy, too, because it looks so wet. But you mm-hmm. have to be able to animate with it frame by frame. So I'm like, what is the gravy? What did you make it uh, I don't want to know the answer to that. Um, um, yeah, no, it's... I also love uh, when Ginger gets dropped down a chute, and Rocky says, shoot. And <laughs> that joke took me 20 years to get. It's really good. It's a great joke. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like they continue to redouble their efforts after Ginger gets saved. Um, and there's this one bit where like Rocky's like, hey, um, you know, or like Ginger's like, hey, we need to like get this together. Otherwise, we're all going to fucking die. And like all of the chickens are really bummed out by that because, you know, none of their success or none of their attempts have been successful. And Rocky's like, hey, girl, you got to be cool for a second. You have to like. You know, you, it can't all be, you know, doom and gloom around here. And to, to kind of illustrate that point, he there's a pair of rats, uh, Nick and Fetcher, um, that he he promises them that they can have every egg that he lays <laughs> um, uh, if, um, you know, if he gives them all this, like, stuff. So they give him a radio and, like, they have a little dance party in the coop and, like, it's really cute. And, like, we, ha- we see all the chickens dancing and having a fun, good time. And, um, you that know, that song even... is such a fucking earworm that they played during that party. Um, every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head for three days and it's so thematically appropriate. Um, I will probably edit in the chorus, like underneath us talking here, but it is just, I, that party scene is everything to me. And also the rats are gay, Aaron. <laughs> oh are... yeah. The rats are fully like, like <laughs> husbands. Like there's at one point where they're like you know the, one of them asks the other to dance and he's like yeah sure why not <laughs> like um they are fully married and like it's very nice for them just to have these gay rats here they sit on little little lawn chairs and they do little color commentary on the chickens failed it's true they're, what are those, it's they're truly just statler and waldorf like <laughs> just heckling the chickens with bad puns the whole time so, and they're like sometimes the chickens are like flop or something or they'll fall and they just go oh that one's definitely scrambled <laughs> talking about like their future eggs or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i those chickens are my favorite part or those those rats are my favorite part of this movie they're absolutely incredible and i love their little sock hop and their little lights that they bring um and it's the first time we see ginger and rocky kind of getting along yeah yeah that's like okay you know maybe you're not so bad you saved me you're having this party for my friends and like there, there's a minute technically the party happens before the rescue but it's whatever um but the most important thing is like after she's rescued she you know she goes to tell rocky you know thank you you're not so bad um he even gets a medal from fowler um you know thanking him for his service and like they've had to be roommates this whole time because fowler's like i am not letting you hang out with all those women you are going to get every single one of them pregnant um you have to sleep with me <laughs> um actually no i think ginger made that choice because fowler is not thrilled too no fowler fucking <laughs> hates that shit uh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah and the party i think the important part is that the party ends with babs being flung across the room and she quote unquote flies yes right they have hope um and, like, you know, Fowler goes and gives uh, 
Rocky this medal, and he's like, you know what, for your for your valor and your bravery, and you know, thank you. I misjudged your character. Um, and at this point, Rocky's like, I gotta tell them the truth, and I've gotta leave. Um, and he does, and he leaves us a folded scrap of paper. Um, for ginger to find and the next morning she does she sees the metal that he's left and the, the paper and like this is like a really like impressive and like hard-hitting shot but like all the chickens are lined up waiting for her to bring rocky out to teach them to fly and she comes out and there's like you know she walks down this like alley of chickens and like you know it starts this it starts to rain like there's like a really impressive bit where it rains and it's like how did they get this water to happen you know in claymation but she like puts the note under the poster and it's the the part of the poster that was like torn off and it's him it being shot out of a cannon and uh old mac is like ah that would provide the thrust uh and everybody's like oh my god he couldn't fly all along oh no uh, and it's and just so sad the saddest harry gregson williams like violin sonata underneath it all like just heartbreaking she puts the poster up and lightning flashes like it oh the just the emotional weight of these chickens going through it in every single scene in this movie is so fucking good they do such a good job of like looping you into this world um but yeah rocky takes the fuck off um and uh the chickens start mud wrestling yeah i know they start beating the shit out of each other um and then you know eventually they they what's her name ginger realizes like you know fowler says something about a crate and she's like oh wait fowler what what are you always fucking talking about uh when you talk about your raf days he's like yeah you know the crate and like he gets a picture and they and it's like a post stamp of the the airplane that he flew in and you know they're like okay we're gonna build this airplane that's how we're gonna escape and they like all band together and they start you know making like manufacturing a, a flying machine um and it's it's you know a big goofy looking like it's basically a bicycle that, that, that has wings that you can flap but it, you know they have it and they're all ready to go um and then she's like all right fowler you gotta fly this thing and he's like oh i didn't i didn't fly the the air i'm a chicken they didn't <laughs> let me fly the fucking airplanes you know that right and, and she's like are you fucking kidding me fowler <laughs> Um, but like eventually she talks him into flying it. They, they do actually, you know, start flying, but they, um, they also had to at one point kidnap Mr. Uh, the farmer, uh, because he found out what they were doing and they just stuffed him under one of the chicken houses. Um, Mr. Tweety opens up the top of that fucking coop and he just goes, my tools. I knew it. And he started, <laughs> everyone turns to Ginger. Ginger, calm, composed Ginger, who always has a plan. And Max, like, what's the plan? And Ginger's just making dead eye contact with this farmer. And then she screams, attack. And, like, 40 chickens take down this fully grown man. I it's want, really good. <laughs> this is one of the times in which I wish that Mortified had a larger listenership. Because I want somebody to animate the juxtaposition of Ginger yelling, attack. And um, the guy in Andor, when they are breaking out of the prison yelling attack and both of them like all the people throwing the tools up at the cards because i think there's a lot of thematic parallels between andor and this movie it is a very similar energy is the problem uh it's really good um anyway uh yeah you know he he gets out of his bonds he like knocks over their ramp they're they're about to you know uh you know get caught um but then all of a sudden, what's his name? Rocky comes back to save uh, Ginger from uh, Mrs. Tweety, who like is it going full um, 
what's the fucking Jack Nicholson from that movie mode? He's like, she has the hatchet like in her hands. Um, you know, Rocky and Ginger get back on the plane. Uh, they fly the plane into the air. The plane works, but because there's some like lightning, <laughs> lighting, <laughs> I'm realizing now how silly this last bit is, but like they illuminated the runway with like Christmas lights. Um, <laughs> and like one of the Christmas lights gets caught on the the ramp or whatever. So um Mrs. Well, it gets Tweedy caught on the tail of the plane right. when they're doing the U-turn after Mr. Tweedy knocks the the ramp down the first time. Correct. Right. And then it trails and then this chicken powered aircraft which is made of a chicken coop and a pedaling mechanism with its trailing Christmas lights fully hundreds of feet in the air can maintain the weight of a fully grown adult human woman. Yeah, she's going, like, Rambo mode. Like, she has the hatchet in her teeth and is climbing up these Christmas lights to come, I guess, murder every single chicken in the airplane is her plan. Um, but, like, yeah, Ginger has to, like, you know, cut the the rope that's, um, you know, tying the thing, you know. And it looks like she gets beheaded, but she doesn't. And then she uh, drops Fowler uh, and she falls into the machine and then... For one second, I thought they were going to let her drown in gravy, and I was like, hey, what the fuck, movie? (laughs) That's pretty gruesome, even for this film. Um, But thankfully, the gravy meter just, like, goes up again and explodes, and the last shot we get of them is is Mr. Fowler being like, I told you the chickens were organizing. Um, Well, the last uh, shot you get is fully Mrs. Tweedy getting crushed by the door. Ah, yes, that's true. So she may have very well died. She might might be dead. Um... But yeah, they they fly off to like a little island that's their promised land. Uh, and there's like a little time skip and there's a bunch of little baby chicks that they're all teaching about their history and like how to fly. And it's very cute. Yeah. And, and of course, the rats came with. Yeah, naturally. And they're debating what came first, the chicken or the egg. as the movie <laughs> Stupid ass way to end a movie, but it's really good. I you have it. to respect it. Hey, where do the chicken? Where do the chicklets come from? If Rocky and Fowler are the only roosters there, what do you think? I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're the only <laughs> roosters there. Uh, so I think I think Bunty's kids are definitely Fowlers because uh, the mud wrestling does start with Bunty attacking Fowler, and again, it's a little charged. Oh yeah, there's like history between them. Like that, she punched, she gets that Fowler a little bit too hard. Um, like you know that there's something going on between there them. There is something but, um, happening. Well, listen, I'm so I am clinically obsessed with the RE4 remake right now, and like I'm watching uh, Leon Scott Kennedy, my baby girl, uh, fight Krauser, who is his commander, and like listen, every character who comes in contact with Leon Scott Kennedy wants to fuck leon scott kennedy and it's just like it's so charged and it's such a similar energy in chicken run two properties you can definitely compare with ease and fluidity um i'm just saying bunty bunty and fowler are having a little may december moment and that's great yeah um mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that <laughs> um <laughs> Can't top that. Um, yeah, I mean, Layla, I don't know that we have a lot of, like, talking points or, or marketing ideas here. Um, but, you know, I just, I think this is a good time. I am so glad that you wanted to watch this movie, because I love it. And it, it's it's so weird. It's so fun. Um, Ardman does such a fun job with, I don't know, just, like, goof-ass concepts. Um, I wish there was more stop motion. 
in the world, period. Yep, yep. I mean, we said this with the Pinocchio movie too, right? Like that's that's a really impressive art style and it's very creative and obviously it takes a lot of time to do and a lot of expertise, but like that's the kind of stuff we want to see more in in media, right? As people that that are like experts in their field doing something really, you know, deep in their craft. Um and, you know, I just I just will maybe maybe we'll do maybe that'll be in November. Maybe we'll watch Chicken Run in November. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I mean, I, yeah. Let's listen. I'll watch it by myself first, and we'll yeah, figure we'll, out if there's we'll anything to talk about. We'll do a little preview to see if yeah. it passes muster. But, um, uh, audience, there is more than one time uh, just this year, honestly, that we'll watch something and go, "We don't think there's anything to talk about here." Listen, it happens to the best of us. Um, but yeah, no, thank you, uh, audience, for being patient. Uh, we have been very busy the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why we haven't heard from us for a while, but we will hopefully be getting back on the podcasting grind. Um, and we're going to start up a new series. I know that uh, it's been a while. You know, we, we only finished up the Fast franchise like last year, but we've got a new one for you that I think will be interesting. Um, yeah well i mean we did the twilight franchise that's kind of tied that's us true over. that's true yeah that did tie us over um but this one will be um even more interesting and i uh i can't wait to see how that develops um but yeah layla mm-hmm. um when we are not um you know building our media empire by talking about uh the only watchable mel gibson movie <laughs> where can we be found on the internet God, that's the fucking episode title, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you can find me at L E Y L S E S on Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, I tweeting mostly about Elden Ring and my thirst for Leon Scott Kennedy um, and doing little else productive other than this show. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at AaronSXL. Uh, I also have my own website that's aavoit.com. And um, I do YouTube reviews of tabletop games. That's at uh, A.A. Voigt on YouTube. Um, if you like the work that we do at Mortified, if you like Layla, uh, you might want to turn in for my latest tabletop review that's coming out on Friday um, because I worked really hard on it. And I do cite Layla's uh, essay um, that about Diaspora that I always go back and read like once every couple months. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you should check that out if, if you if you're a hardcore Mortified listener. Um which but, all yeah. 30 of you should be. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Um, what is all the, the Bible Boys? We Bible Boys is also very busy, um, but um, we are getting close to our 100th episode. So please check that out when you've got the time. Um, that's at the Bible Boys on on uh, Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's it's we're gonna revisit God's Not Dead at some point. We, we should do the fucking Ten Commandments. We need to, I need to talk to them about doing that because we need to hit that. Um, but yeah, I'm shocked. Uh, shocked that has not been done yet it's just that that's a four-hour movie is probably the biggest obstacle <laughs> yeah i don't want to hear it from uh you and josh your and josh's fucking documentary episodes um yeah we've made some choices uh <laughs> but anyway um our, our theme song is obsolete by keshko from the album filmmakers reference kit volume two you can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com Layla, how are we gonna Close this one out, you think? We're going to be late to every war, overpaid, oversexed, and over here. God bless America. We'll see you all next week. (laughs) 